Hello everybody and uh, good to be with you again today and uh, before we get into God's Word I do want to express my special word of thanks to all of you. As I look back um, over 2020 I can see how generous uh, you have been as God's people and the way in which uh, we have reached out to those who've been less fortunate uh, than ourselves. Our solidarity fund during the course of the year, we have collected in excess of a half a million rand that has been distributed uh, where there have been needs, not only in our own church, but also uh, to communities around us and to churches around us that we're in relationship with. The feeder family scheme that we've had running over the, the past four months, we've been in excess of 580 food parcels that have been collected. And then, as you know, last month was our thank offering month and month of November. And this has been the biggest thank offering that I've been privileged to see in the last uh, 13 years. So thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for your generosity. As we come to God's word uh, this morning, the, the one question I've been asking myself as we come to the end of 2020 and as we reach December 2020 is what is the most important thing that we need to be doing coming to the end of a year uh, like we've been through? The end of a year where we faced corona, lockdown, and all of the, the massive adjustments that we've had uh, to make uh, during the course of this year. And the, the thought that struck me and the thing that God has put on my heart to share with you about today is the fact that we need to refocus. We need to refocus. You know, when an instrument uh, loses its calibration, what's so important is for that instrument to be recalibrated so that it is able to accurately function. And I think that, that uh, all of us have taken quite a big knock through uh, the course of this year. And what's so important is what we choose to focus on uh, over the next months and over uh, into next year, 2021, that lies ahead of us. In Isaiah chapter 9, we discover Isaiah speaking to the people of his day. And the, the northern tribes of Israel uh, were being plundered by the Assyrians and overrun by the Assyrians. It was a time of darkness and gloom, the Bible says to us. People were, were really discouraged. They were living in darkness and fear uh, and gloom. And so Isaiah invites people and calls on people to refocus and to focus on something other than the gloom and darkness they were facing in their day. And may I read to you from Isaiah chapter 90, the first seven verses, because it has such relevance, because that is the prophecy about the coming of Jesus. Nevertheless, says Isaiah, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. And hear these very familiar words, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given 
and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Not only was Isaiah's word a word that was relevant to the people of his day, but it's also a word that's relevant to us today. Because Isaiah, in his times, calls on his people to focus on the fact that there was hope, even in times of great darkness. Listen again to uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 1. Nevertheless, here's Isaiah saying, despite all that's been happening around you, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he says, God humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea uh, along the Jordan. And, and, and what Isaiah is doing over here is calling on his people to focus on something other than the doom and darkness that they were experiencing in their day. To put their hope in God, their trust in God, to look to God, to put their faith in him. And, and, and he assured them that if they would have the, the courage and they would respond to this call of his to put their hope in God. They would have a peace and a joy even in times of great darkness. You know, in the New Testament, Luke uh, reminds us of what was said after the birth of Jesus to some shepherds over 2,000 years ago. In Luke chapter 2, let me read that to you. And there were, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Here's the words, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this great light that, that Isaiah is describing in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, this great light that he is describing is another other than Jesus, the Son of God, who is to be born into a world where there's political upheaval, where there's corruption, uh, where there's division, uh, and all of those kinds of terrible things. You remember in Matthew's gospel and uh, chapter 4, it says that when Jesus heard that John had been put into prison. This is John the Baptist. They'd been put into prison. Here it is. He returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Does that sound familiar? What Isaiah was talking about? To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. And he's saying over here, it's the coming of Jesus that will bring hope and joy to people. And you know, when people like you and me are brave enough to trust him, to put our hope in him and to put our faith in him, this becomes our reality as well. You know, this Christmas in the middle of Corona, let's focus on Jesus. Let's put our faith in Jesus. Let's look to Jesus and know the hope and joy that he promises to us. But then Isaiah goes on, on further. And, and not only does he speak about uh, 
the people focusing on the fact that there's hope in times of darkness. But he also invites people to focus on, on what God had said he would do during those times of darkness. And let's not forget uh, the, what was happening uh, for the people that he was speaking to. They were living in gloom and distress. They were walking in darkness. The Bible says they were living in the shadow of death. Let's read that again. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, to them a light has dawned. And then he goes on to say, you have enlarged the nation and you have increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, he's referring to uh, the defeat of Midian by Gideon, when Gideon with 300 men defeated this massive Midianite army. As for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. And what Isaiah was saying sounded incredulous to his people, as it sounds incredulous to us today, that God, he's saying God would bring an increase in the number of people who turn to him because of this child that is to be born. And in fact, he says, even the Gentiles uh, will turn to him. And this is what Jesus is alluding to, alluding to in John's gospel and chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he goes on to say, And I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And this is what happened with the coming of Christ and the birth of Christ. People in their thousand turned to God. Because of Jesus, even many among the Gentiles. But Isaiah also goes on to speak about the fact that God would break the power of the enemy over people's lives as he did uh, through in the time of Gideon. And in Luke chapter 4, we've got the description that Jesus gives of his ministry and what he'd come to do. It says the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And then listen to this. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's read that again. He's, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To release the oppressed. And this is exactly what Jesus said he'd come to do for people, to break the yoke that was upon them, the, the, the bondage that they were in, the power of the enemy uh, over their lives. And it's been such a joy for me to see the way in which God has done that in so many people's lives over the last few years. How, how the yoke that has been upon them and the bondage that they've walked in has been broken as God has come uh, into their lives. But then Isaiah goes on to say something quite incredible. He says to people that they need to focus on the fact that this is all going to be through the birth of a very special child. And Isaiah was saying to the people of his day that they should not put their hope in a political solution or to put their hope in, in an economic solution or even some kind of um, uh, military intervention. They were to put their hope in what God 
was doing through the birth of this very special child. And you see, this is often where it gets a little bit messy. God's solution, God's way, God's answer is going to be through this child that is going to be born. And you know, in our days, we definitely need some, some political stability. We need an economic turnaround. We, we need some solutions to the social problems of our day. But God's way is always going to be through this child, Jesus. You know, the, the inherent problem in our day goes back to one thing. It's the, the hearts of people that are sinful and what results as the result of all of that. And you know, until we recognize that this is the root cause of all of our problems, Jesus only becomes one of the solutions people are wanting to consider, rather than the only option that God has given to us. Paul, when he was writing to uh, the Ephesian church, put it this way. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. And that's why the rest of what Isaiah says about this child that is to be born is a description of what God is going to do through him. And I think this is the critical thing. It's a description of what God is going to do through this child, the hope that is in this child, the way it's going to work. In Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7, let's read that again. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government, there will be no end. In other words, what Isaiah is saying to the people of his day, and, and in a sense to us as well today, the wisdom of God will come through Jesus, through this child that is to, born, to be born. The power of God will come through Jesus. The fatherhood of God will come through Jesus. The peace of God will come through Jesus. It's all going to be through him, through this very special child that was to be born. As I close off, um, there is a sense in which we all need to meditate on the message uh, of Isaiah all over again. You see, Christmas isn't just about the birth of Jesus. It's God's solution for the brokenness of the world. It's God's solution for the times in which we are living. And Christmas is a reminder that we need to redouble our efforts as the church and as God's people to share the message that Isaiah gave to his people. You know, when, when people, while people need jobs and social upliftment, better education and equal access to opportunities, most of all what they need is to know that God's way and God's help and God's solution is through Jesus. I think COVID has had some very positive effects on all of us. It's made us reflect on what really brings meaning and purpose to life. It's made us aware of how much we can come to rely on other things other 
than Jesus. And I don't know if that's true for you, but it's certainly true for me. But it's also given us a fresh opportunity to focus on Christ again and the significance of the birth of Jesus again. You know, of recent I've been drawn back to the words of that song uh, by Matt Redman. When the music fades and all is stripped away. And that's what's happened to us, you know, as the music has faded and, and many things have been stripped away. And he goes on to, to say, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth. I'm coming right back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. You see, our hope needs to be in the birth of this child. Our focus needs to be on the birth of this child. And we need to, uh, at the end of 2020, to ensure that we are intentional about focusing on Jesus again, because he is God's hope for us. Let's pray together. And how this year has affected you as you've been listening to me this morning. I don't know what kind of impact that it's had on you, but I know one thing for sure. It's impacted all of us in different ways. But there is a wonderful promise that Isaiah gave over 2,700 years ago that to me is still so relevant today. It is the hope that there was a child that was going to be born, a son that would be given, and that God was going to supernaturally be at work through him and through his birth. In Isaiah's day, people looked forward to that. In our day, we look back to, to what God has done through Christ. But I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that God would enable you by His Spirit to put your hope in Jesus. That this Christmas wouldn't just be a, a terrible Christmas because of all we've been through, but it would be a Christmas that's filled with hope because of the child that was born. Because God is at work in our world in ways far bigger than we can even understand. And God has not left us to our own ends, but that he has come to us in Jesus to save us, to forgive us, to redeem us, to restore us, to break the power of the yoke of the enemy over us. And I pray today that God will richly bless you and be with you in Jesus' name. Amen.